gospel things there. We're starting to grow every week. Uh, every week that I'm out there, we grow bigger. I don't know what to think about that. But God is good, isn't He? God is up to something. Are you sure? Now, when we think about Mother's Day, we sometimes forget about some of the mothers that we don't consider as mothers. There's many... I don't want to get too heavy first off, but I'm going to get heavy anyway. There's many aborted babies out there that have mothers. And there's many of those mothers out there that are regretting the actions they took. They're still mothers. Now we've got to think about those. The ones that are mothers that have lost their child, whether it whether it be through that means or through war or accidents or things like that. When you think about all the mothers that are out there, would this world exist without mothers? Of course not. So when you think about Mother's Day, of course, think about your mother first and foremost. Because you wouldn't be here without her. But also... Say a prayer for those that don't get to celebrate because their child is no longer here or never made it here through miscarriage or whatever. It's important not to forget everyone who's affected. Amen? Well, I'd like to talk this morning about the grace of motherhood. The gift of motherhood is the grace of God. Every mother knows the challenges of motherhood. You love your children to death, sometimes. Get out of my face before you don't have one. Mothers go through a lot. They're put up with a lot. Proverbs 31.30 says, Charm is deceptive. Beauty does not last, but a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. You'll be happy to know that I'm only going to be preaching about that last phrase. I won't be talking about the beauty that does not last. Because your mother is beautiful, isn't she? That's right. So this verse is wrong. The Old Testament shows that motherhood is a gift of God all throughout. It also suggests a link between the destiny of mothers and their children. Specifically, in my case, their sons. So I would like to talk a little bit this morning about the relationship of mothers and sons and daughters. And how they relate in the Bible. Motherhood is a gift of joy. I guess we didn't uh, figure it out there. Okay. I... uh, after they got the PowerPoint figured out and got my files onto the computer, turns out I put them in the wrong format. They can't read them anyway. So you'll just have to picture the words up there. Motherhood is a gift of joy. The 
motherhood of Eve in Genesis 4.1. Now Adam slept with his wife Eve and she became pregnant. And when the time came, she gave birth to Cain. And she said, with the Lord's help, I have brought forth a man. With these words, the book of Genesis proclaims the first motherhood. Now no one can disagree with that. The first motherhood was Eve. Motherhood is a gift of joy. Now, it's kind of interesting that motherhood is one of the very first things that happens after creation, which makes it very important, because God used motherhood as a means to multiply the earth. So they had to get going. He said, be fruitful and multiply to Adam and Eve. Now, we know they had at least three, but I suspect they had a lot more than three. How many know the names of the three? Cain, Abel, and Seth. A lot of people forget about Seth. Everybody remembers Cain. Cain was a bad boy. The first murderer in the history of the world. So you got a lot of firsts, of course, by, by their natural function, because it was the beginning. A lot of firsts. Some of those firsts shouldn't have happened. But because God gave us a choice, some of these things happen. But God uses everything. Did Eve cease to love her son when he murdered the other son? Do you think? I don't think so. I don't think a mother truly ever stops loving their child. No matter what position they put themselves in. There are some pretty rotten mothers out there. They can be rotten to the core. But down deep inside, they can't deny the love they have for their child because God put it there. It's a bond that God put there. So when they straighten out, it's that much more joyous because the bond is still there. So whenever you see a rotten mother, instead of saying, that dirty so-and-so, look how she's treating that kid. Pray that God renews that bond and therefore renews the relationship. Because every one of us could be a dirty rock sneaker. Except me, of course. Yeah. Hey, I've been perfect for the last 30 seconds. It stopped when I said that, of course. Motherhood is a gift of joy. Eve was full of joy. Look, I have brought forth a man. Which means more can come from that. Motherhood is a gift of promise. Remember Abraham and Sarah. The motherhood of Sarah in Genesis 17. Regarding Sarai, your wife. Her name will no longer be Sarai. From now on you will call her Sarah. And I will bless her and give you a son. From her. Yes, I will bless her richly. And she will become the mother of many nations. Kings will be among her descendants. Now you think Abraham would have got the point when he said, I will give you a son from her. But as we all know, Abraham decided God needed a little help. Because Sarah was 
pushing 90. I don't think you can talk to any woman above the age probably 60 and ever get a positive endorsement about childbirth. Maybe lower than that. 90 years old. Of course, back then they lived a lot longer. It was before all the problems happened. Sarah laughed about it, didn't she? She thought it was funny. But God's promise is still God's promise, is it not? Does God's promise change just because Abraham tried to help? You ever tried to help God? There's two roads caused from that problem. There's the Hagar road, and there's the Isaac road. Well, the Ishmael road and the Isaac road. Now, God promised Abraham. He brought him outside. Genesis 15. The Lord brought Abraham outside beneath the night sky and told him, Look up into the heavens and count the stars if you can. Your descendants will be like that. Too many to count. God promised that through Isaac, he had descendants like the stars. That was the Isaac road. If he would have trusted God and waited for that time to come, it would have happened. It still happened, didn't it? Yeah. Hello? Yes, it did. It still happened, didn't it? Boy, I put you to sleep that quick. My goodness. Hagar, on the other hand, was a servant of Abraham, as we know the story. Those of you who don't know, I'll tell you anyway. She was the maidservant of Abraham, and Sarah decided, well, maybe God meant not me, but, you know, just one of your seed. So she offered up Hagar and was born a son, Ishmael. Well, of course, a lot of jealousy ensued, and they had to throw him out. And God made a promise to Hagar that Ishmael would also spawn a, a, a birth of many nations. The problem with that was that those many nations are still at war today with the Lion of Isaac. Anybody ever heard of Palestine? They're still fighting over Israel. Why? Because way back then, Abraham decided to help God and take the rocky road that's causing problems to this day. Now, we all have those choices in life, and mothers know that their children have those choices in life, and mothers can say, Son, this is how you do it, and this is how to stay out of trouble. But do the children listen? No. They take the Ishmael road. They take the rough and rocky road. Because especially when they become teenagers, they want to do it on their own. Mothers still love their kids when they run astray. Mothers still love their kids when all these things happen. They pray even harder for them. They love them. But it's a rocky road that the children forge for themselves. How many know what I'm talking about, about that rocky road? We've all taken it at some point, haven't we? You can look back. Hindsight's always 20-20. You can look back and see the fork in the road that you should have done something different. Fortunately, the grace of God says you don't need to look back and say what if or if I would have. 
In fact, Paul goes further and he says, the workman that works on a plow and looks back is not worthy for the kingdom of God. Don't look back. Yes, you've made your mistakes. We've all had. Don't look back. Look forward. We have a promise. Abraham was given a promise. Motherhood, a gift of promise. The promise that we will have eternity with Christ if we serve Him, despite the fact that sometimes we'll take the wrong road. As long as we come back, He will forgive us. He will take care of it. It doesn't matter if your road took you through prison. It doesn't matter if your road took you through drugs, alcohol, whatever. God says, through Paul, don't look back. Look forward. He loves you as you are, how you are, where you are. Amen? So believing the promise, Abraham was known as a man of faith because he believed God counted his faith as righteousness. Ephesians it says without faith it is impossible to please God. Faith is a hard thing to do. If when Jesus said faith as a mustard seed would move a mountain, how many of us really have even a quarter of a grain of mustard seed in us? Oh, I have enough faith to know that when I sit down on that chair, it isn't going to collapse under me. That doesn't take much faith, because I've done it many times, so I know it's supposed to. Once in a while we get bold and the chair does buckle. That's not the kind of faith I'm talking about. That's not, you know, that's, that's a microscopic faith. The faith I'm talking about is when you step out on nothing and find that something's there. It's when you take a step out like Abraham did with Isaac when Jesus, when God told Abraham to take Isaac up and sacrifice him. He took the faith that he had knowing God's promise to him was thus saith the Lord. But he did what God told him to do anyway out of obedience because hey, God promised me this is going to happen. God keeps his promises. So Abraham, in his faith, did what he was told to do. Took Isaac up to sacrifice. Well, God obviously took care of that problem. And his promise was still fulfilled through Isaac. Motherhood is also a gift of grace. Grace meaning unmerited favor. Sometimes we don't deserve the blessings that God gives us. Sometimes the child does not deserve that ice cream. But the mother, in her love for the child, in her grace for the child, says, I forgive you for what you did. You hurt my feelings. But here's some ice cream. Children don't operate on logic. Children don't operate on rationale. Children operate on candy and ice cream. Mothers know that. So they have to plan their incentive moments. And their teaching moments. 
to coincide with cookies and ice cream and candy. How many of you have ever, and I know you all have, felt love from a gift? Could be a pencil. Could be anything. But it was given with love. Especially the mothers. The child goes out and picks up a weed. Brings it into mama. Mama, I love you. I got you a flower. Now what mother doesn't want that? She's not going to say, that's a weed, I don't want that stinky thing, go back outside. If you've ever done that, you better repent. Because it's with the heart the child thought of mama. Now a father, on the other hand, that's a weed. Fathers are rough, but that's for Father's Day. We'll talk about that another time. The motherhood of Rachel. Remember Rachel. Isaac married Rachel as he grew. Had 12 kids. No, no, not 12 kids. Had two. Twins, right? Jacob and Esau. Rachel was one of two wives that he had. And as we, if you know the story... He worked seven years for, for Rachel, or for, uh, yeah, yeah, for Rachel. Rachel, that's right. And then seven years for, boy, my mind's blank today. The other one. Seven years for Rachel. Land, that's right. Okay, see, I'm all backwards today. Because I'm not preaching about Leah this morning. I'm preaching about Rachel. He got Leah first. He got to see. But he worked another seven and got Rachel. But Rachel couldn't bear children. All the children at that point had come from Leah. Rachel said to her husband, give me children or I'll die. And the husband said, don't look at me. He's the one who did that. Well, God heard her pleas and gave her a son, Joseph. Now we know the effect Joseph had on humanity. He rose up. Remember my sermon, Pitted, Body, Footed? Remember that? A couple of you. Through adversity, but through Joseph came the line, the kings of David, all the way back through onto Jesus. Royalty was through that line. Another gift of grace, Hannah. Samuel 1.11 And she made this vow, O Lord Almighty, if you look down upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you. He will be yours for his entire lifetime as a sign that he has been dedicated to the Lord and his hair will never be cut. Then further on down, the entire family got up early in the morning, the next morning, and went to worship the Lord once more. They returned home to Ramah. Hannah conceived because the Lord remembered her request, and in due time she gave birth to a son named Samuel. Samuel meaning, I asked the Lord for him. Samuel was one of the great prophets. 
Samuel was the one that anointed Saul as king. Samuel was the one that anointed David as king. All because his mother cried out to God for a child. And since God gave her the gift of a child, she gave him back. That's part of the reason we have baby dedications. When, when babies are born in the church, or as people get saved and want to dedicate their children to the Lord, that's why we do it. Because God gave us those children. And it's our obligation to give everything, our all, including our children, back to God. When the song says, I surrender one-tenth, it doesn't mean that, right? I surrender one-tenth. You're tied, right? No, I surrender what? All. All to thee I freely give. He wants no less than your all. Because that's what He gave for you. He gave His all. I asked the Lord one day, how much do you love me? And He said, this much. He spread out His arms and died. That's how much He loves me. That's how much He loves you. He wants your all. He wants your children. Even if your children are running wild and running amok, He wants your children. You give them to Him every day if you have to. Don't take them back. Wouldn't it be better if God takes care of them and brings them back the way He wants them? Just like forgiveness is a daily thing sometimes you've got to do. Sometimes you've got to give your children back to God every day. Because especially mothers have this instinct to pull them back. Pull them back. i got to protect them. i got to protect them. And there's nothing wrong with that because that's a God-given instinct to protect your children in spite of themselves. But if you look at the motherhood of God, He does the same thing for us. He keeps pulling us back to Himself. He keeps pulling us back no matter what we do, no matter what we say, no matter how we act. He keeps pulling us back. He loves us. He wants us for His own. He created us so that we might praise Him. So He wants to bless us so that we can bless Him. It goes back and forth, back and forth. Cast your bread upon the water and after many days it will come back to you. You give it to God, He'll give it back to you. Multiplied. You give God your children, as a mother does. The blessings that God will bestow through, on you through your children will be multiplied. If you keep your children to yourself, that's how much blessings you're going to get. It's the same principle of giving. It's the same principle that is throughout the Word. The same thing applies to motherhood and fatherhood. Give to God and He will return to you. Anybody believe that? Alright. The gift of grace. Given to God by Hannah and then given to Hannah by God, little Samuel became a living bond of communication between Hannah and God. The grace of motherhood that God granted to Hannah because of her ceaseless prayers filled her with a new generosity. Throughout the Bible we can discover an important place that the Bible assigns to mothers and the mission of their sons. If it weren't for Hannah, there wouldn't be a Samuel. Then what would have happened with Saul and David? 
In Samuel's case, Hannah was a determining role. And it made a big difference when she gave him back to the Lord. In Jacob's case, Rebekah's role led him to getting the blessing that made him the heir in the line of David for Jesus Christ. At the same time, at the intervention of God, who met a young girl and said, My son will be born in you. A man of many sorrows. A man who is to die for all mankind. All these examples of mothers and sons throughout the Bible accumulates to one point. Jesus' birth. So that he might live. So when Mary and Joseph, when he was eight days old, went to give him back to God in the temple, even the people there said, I've seen God, now I can die. Even when he was a baby, they knew his value and importance. But unfortunately, sometimes we get so caught up in the day-to-day routine and the day-to-day issues that we lose sight of the goal. We lose sight of the future. This is why we must give our children to God. So that God takes care of the future. I'll tell you, i got enough trouble keeping myself in line. Worried about keeping my children in line. I had to give my children to God several times. And they got out of control. So out of control that I had to tell them, you know what? I can't have this in my home. Maybe you should live with your mom. They seem to be happy over there with their D's and their F's. But I give it to God. Because God made a promise. I dedicated those kids to the Lord when they were babies. The Bible says train up a child in the way he should go and in the end they will not depart. That's the promise I'm standing on. The same goes for your children. Mothers especially. Give them to God every day if you have to. Don't take them back. I mean, in the spirit I'm here. I'm not talking about physically, don't take them back. Keep giving them to God. So that God, like Samuel, can do wondrous things through them. Don't look at your past mistakes because we've all got them. We've all got our blunders. We've all got our problems. We've all got our mistakes. Even Abraham, the father of many nations, had a blunder. But God still kept His promise. Because Abraham was faithful. David had many blunders. But he was still considered a man after God's own heart. And I like to think that his mother had a lot to do with it. Because mothers, the bond between mothers and their children cannot be erased because it's given by God. You agree with that? 
bond that exemplifies the grace of motherhood is the bond between a mother and her child and a mother and her God. Don't ever lose hope. Don't ever lose hope. Because God will do what He promised to do. Always. When I was born, my mom said, there's my preacher. And I'll guarantee you, I did not study to be a preacher my whole life. I didn't even feel the call until I was about 17. But God kept His promise to my mother. And here I am. Traveled all over the United States, California, preaching. Got an international ministry now in 16 countries. God is blessing and doing wonderful things. And no, I'm not Catholic. Bill came up to me last week and said, Monsignor, kiss my hand. He said, why do you wear that habit? I said, well, I'm not a nun, so I'm not wearing a habit. You know how many conversations this get up gets going? How many people will talk to me that wouldn't talk to me if I was just sitting there? And when they walk into my church, you think they know who the pastor is? When they walk in and look? The visitors? Nothing special about the outfit. It's a conversation piece, just like this. Prayer shawl. Why do you wear that? They ask me at work all the time. Why do you wear this? I'm happy to tell them. You do what God calls you to do to get people to talk to you, that keep the draw to you, so that you can tell them about your Jesus. It doesn't have to be this. When God is up to something, it will show through you if you're serving Him like you should. You don't need anything special to get their attention because they will see the light in your eyes. They will say, what's about you that's different that I need? They'll see it. We are the salt of the earth. When you walk by people, are you making them thirsty? Because of the salt? Salt and light. Mothers are a foundational root to this. And mothers, if your child is still in your home, it's not too late to start living a godly woman life and train them up in the way of the Lord. Because His promise is that if you train them up in the way of the Lord, they will not do what? In the end, they will not depart. And there's a song, Standing on the Promises of God. That's what you have to do every day until your last breath. Stand on the promises of God. Because He is faithful despite everyone else around you who sometimes are not faithful, sometimes are just down and out mean. God will still be faithful. God will still keep His promises. Amen? I would like all the mothers to stand. Now, 
motherhood is a grand thing. And the mothers outnumber the men in here today. And that's all right. Now, I would like, uh, Brother Jerry, if you come, I would like the, if the father or husband of the mother is here, Phyllis, you can go ahead and sit down, it's all right. If your father or mother is here, any male portion of the family is here, I would like you to come up, because I would like you to serve them communion first. Like the mothers to receive their communion first. And if, if, if you're a mother who doesn't have someone here to do that for you, then the closest man gets to double up. So men just come up here and, and serve the women. That's the point. Ladies first. Jesus died on the cross. And do you remember what the last part of his last words were? Do you remember? John, take care of my mother. Do you remember that? Part of Jesus' last dying words were, John, take care of my mother. Even on the cross, mom was important to Jesus. So mom should be very important to you, whether she's here or gone. Yeah, or any mother's not served yet. Uh, Sister Phyllis and some back there. Oh, there's plenty back there in the back. After all the mothers are served, then I'll have everyone else come up in line and But this is Mother's Day. The Bible says honor your mother and your father. Got Lorraine. We got everybody now, all the mothers? Lorraine? Now the rest, if you would come up in line and get it, and then what I want you to do is kind of form a circle around the mothers as much as you can after you get your communion. I know it's complicated, but it's well worth it in the end here. Kind of spread around 
the aisle and, and make kind of a, a big circle. Because we want to totally surround them in the back and the front and around the side. not have the communion. Oh yes, we need to get oh you got it? Okay. Thank you. Yes. Others, if you want to sit down, go right ahead, because we're going to pray for you. First of all, I'd like everyone around the circle to just spread your hands towards the mothers. Lord, we come to you right now thanking you, Lord, for the gift and the grace of motherhood. Lord, without the mothers, we would not be here. We ask you to minister a special grace to them this day. That they may be blessed beyond measure with love and affection from those in whom they come in contact with. We thank you, Lord, for each and every woman who has carried the gift of life that you've bestowed. Bless them today, in Jesus' name. Now Jesus said, This is my body, broken for you. Represents the healing to our bodies. I stand here in proxy for my mother. The healing body of Jesus Christ. By His stripes, we are. Lord, bless the bread, the body. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And in the same way, He took the cup. said, this is my blood. This blood was given, poured out for our sins. This is a symbol. This isn't the real blood. This is a symbol for us to recognize and remember what Jesus Christ did to save us from eternal damnation. Drink. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Till my trophies at last I lay down I will cling to the old 